To our new passengers, aloha and welcome. As you board, please move across your car to make room for everyone, and kindly offer available seating to those needing special assistance. The show will begin momentarily. Thank you. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. Welcome to Dave's Disney View podcast. Provided on our own version of the information highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Dave's Disney View is a look at the Walt Disney World Resort and sometimes beyond, as seen through the eyes of Dave, a frequent visitor, a one-time cast member, and an engineer who simply enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. Now, please keep your party together and put on your virtual mouse ears. And by all means, enjoy the show. Hey everyone, it's Dave again. Welcome to part two of the question and answer segment with my friend Kurt. We're talking about uh, Disney questions, your Disney questions. And please do keep those questions coming to us. It's davesdisneyview at gmail.com and I'm happy to take your questions on and answer them. So now let's continue with the questions. All right, our next question is uh, from a guy named Jack. We're playing with the idea of going on an Orlando trip the week before Memorial Day next year. This will be a very different trip for us because we'll be staying off property and heading to Universal to check out the Harry Potter stuff. We usually just stick with Disney. (laughs) I was going to do it at the end of it. You beat me to it. (laughs) So I'm in unfamiliar territory here. What's your opinion of Universal and how much time do I need there? And then a couple of notes he throws at us. Uh, We need to watch our budget. Some multi-day passes may work better for us. We're Disney vets, so we know the ins and outs of getting stuff done there and can hit our favorite things without everything to do. And uh, it's going to be three adults, a 16-year-old nephew, and a 20-month-old son. So got the range of everybody. Uh, So they won't be able to do a whole lot of thrill riding having the little one. Uh, We'll probably take turns doing that kind of thing for a few select rides. All right, let's start off with the obvious. I have not been to Universal to see the Harry Potter exhibit. You have. Would you care to comment on that now that you've, you've laid out your, uh, your opinion? <laughs> right. Um, let, let, me, let me say this about Harry Potter. Um, it, it is an immersive uh, area of Universal. It's like, a, it's like Frontierland or, or uh, you know, Fantasyland. It's a whole area. Um, they have within their three rides, they have a huge roller coaster called the Double Dragon, and they have a smaller roller coaster, and then they have the actual Harry Potter experience itself. Um, the ride itself is is a fabulous ride. It's indoor, but you're in you're in a pod on the end of a of a hydraulic arm that that goes up and down and backwards and forwards, and and sort of like a super uh, Star Tours, uh, you know, uh, combined with uh, Soren. And um, it is it is quite dramatic and, and there's a lot of motion and, and then you come you know you practically tip upside down at one point it's not a roller coaster but it can be a little unsettling and uh, I found it a little unsettling and it really scared my daughter who like I said is 10 and which was a real disappointment because she really, she wanted very badly uh, to because she loves Harry Potter and she wanted very badly to like the ride and the ride was was enough that it scared her hmm. um, uh, but the ride is inside um, but the Universal does not handle crowds as well. Um, you know, the ride for for the Harry Potter attraction, and this was on a Thursday or something. You know, in January during school hours, was was 
very, very long. A lot of it was outside, a lot, very long queue lines, a lot of it outside, some of it even un, un, unshaded. Hmm. So you stood in the sun for, you know, it was January, so it didn't matter so much. But in the, in the summer, I can imagine it would get brutal out there. Um, the Universal likes uh, had lines. They had lines to go into the shops. Um, you hmm. know, they make you wait in a line to get into um, one of the uh, candy shops that, that sells the, you know, like the chocolate frogs and the, and the Dumbledore trading cards and, and the stuff from Harry Potter. Uh, you know, the merchandise itself was fine. But, you know, you have to stand in line to get in a shop. I mean, I, that's unheard of at Disney. Yeah. At Disney. Um, um, the um, Universal's a lot more, you know. So so my daughter was really disappointed at, at the Harry Potter. You know, having said that, it is, you know, um, it, it does have the honeydews and it does have the, the magic wine and you can get a butterbeer and it, and it has the whole immersive environment. But again, um, it was crowded, and this was in January, and I, um, I can only imagine what it must be like uh, during the summer around there. And uh, we didn't have a particularly good experience. You know, the rest of Universal um, is what it is. It's, it's jammed together a lot more compactly than, than Disney is. Um, they don't have the Disney... Um, attitude, if yep. you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's not, you know what I'm talking about. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not as, um, you know, they, they're, they have employees, not cast members. You know, right. they're, they're not as helpful. Um, we should not say that everyone was rude because they weren't. But the whole place was felt, it felt cr- more crowded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you've been to Disney World when it's crowded, that's saying something. Um, a lot more neon, a lot more buildings, the, the individual land areas were, were jammed together a lot more. Now, the rides, especially if you're into thrill rides, um, can be as good as the ones at Disney, in some cases, better. Um, you know, if you if you don't mind, I mean, if, if that's your thing, you know, I understand the Spider-Man ride is supposed to be fa- fabulous. We didn't do it. But, um, you know, overall, um, it was disappointing i mean now that like i said the harry potter ride was was incredible was an incredible experience um it's certainly as good as anything that you would do it at disney just for the ride itself mm-hmm. um, and better than most but like i said for us it was disappointing because of all the other stuff and uh you know i your mileage may vary yeah, and, that, and that's the way I look at it, too. I mean, I, I was not a fan of Universal. We went um, to Islands of Adventure. We had a two-day pass to Islands of Adventure. And uh, we went in, and uh, we saw most of what we wanted to see in one day, and that was fine. You know, it was, that was okay. Um, Harry Potter hadn't opened yet when we went. Um, so, you know, kind of take that out of the equation for just a moment. But, you know, we saw pretty much everything else in the day. And the next day we had hoped to change our ticket and be able to go over to the other park um, to see the, uh, the the traditional Universal Studios park. Um, and there was some thing with the way the tickets were set up because we had a two-day pass to Islands of Adventure. They were going to charge us more to go into the other park. And that it was much more confusing. And the one thing I like about Disney is it's the same price at each of the parks, and you buy a multi-day ticket and it goes through whatever parks you want to go to. It doesn't matter. And it wasn't. I didn't find that to be the same at Universal, and that was a little bit confusing. So we wound up going back to Islands of Adventure for a second day, 
and it was fine. I mean, I don't have any objections to it. It wasn't quite as exciting as, as Disney. I mean, you know, I go to Disney and I go into the Magic Kingdom two days, and I'm going to have a, a nice experience both days. The second day I was at Islands of Adventure, I was kind of like, eh, it's okay. You know, it just didn't, it didn't wow me the same way. Uh, so, I, you know, I don't have any big plans to go back anytime soon in spite of the Harry Potter ride. I'm not a thrill seeker for thrill rides. I, it's not something I like. I actually get kind of um, disoriented and kind of queasy. So I probably won't even go on the Harry Potter ride. And that leads me to, to look at it and go, well, what's in it for me? You know, why would I go there then in that case? I mean, you know, I can stand in line to go into a couple of shops. Nice. Uh, so that kind of that kind of leaves me out. So something to consider when you think about uh, whether you want to go there is what do you want to do and what what does you expect to get out of it? Um, I'd kind of plan for maybe because of the Harry Potter ride, maybe you do, you know, Harry Potter exhibit, you do two days at Islands of Adventure, maybe if you want to see everything. Um, but uh, that that's kind of my take. Yeah, um, I, I you can do that. Um, it is broken up into two. Um, large pieces, the islands of adventure in the main park, um, but they're right next to each other, so you walk back and forth. Sure, um, yeah. If you get the right ticket. <laughs> if you get the right ticket, yeah, you have to be careful about that. Um, just some survey company just named Universal as the most expensive theme park in America. Wow. Um, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, they have... Uh, something similar to fast pass but they call it head of the line or something like that i don't remember exactly but it you buy it up front you don't and it's not free uh, you know it's not like fast pass where you just get in line and get one you know you have to buy this head of the line and it doesn't apply to all the rides right and uh um so um you know and, and it costs more so um that's another issue um you know the um, they don't um, most of the rest most of the real restaurants are out out front uh, out in the bit across the way there in the parking area. Um, you know inside it's it's mostly what what Disney used to be, which is you know hamburgers and hot dogs. And right, stuff, right. My take on it. Um, sorry, yeah, we <laughs> we. We don't want to slam Universal, but we're not big Universal fans. Yeah, I'm just not a fan. I'll just be honest and say I'm not a fan. I, you know, some people love it, and, I, and more power to them. Good for them. Yeah, but if you're into thrill rides, if you're into big thrill rides, man, I, there's some great stuff there. Um, but uh, that's that's not the most attractive part of Disney to me. And and I I love Expedition Everest. I love Space Mountain. But um, um, you know what's really most attractive to Disney to me is the the attitude and the, and of the cast members and the details and the and, and the way they handle things and and at Universal they're just not as good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that anyway. was that was one thing about uh, going through traditions uh, at Disney when I was a cast member. They tell you right up front. Remember, you are the magic. You know, yeah. I think that says it all right there. So you know, it's about attitude. Um, okay. Cool. Our final question is uh, from Agina. She remembers hearing about an Illuminations cruise at one point. It sounded like fun. I'm going to be heading back to the world this fall, and we'll be celebrating our anniversary. So this might be a nice way to spend an evening. Do you know anything about it, and how would I book it, and any idea what it costs? Well, I do have the information about uh, what's there and what it costs, but I think we need to start off with, um, Kurt, you've done this um, at one I point. I have done this. Um, I have done the Illumination cruise. Um, my... A um, mother-in-law treats us every year in January to a week at Disney uh, because she's a DVC member. So her Christmas gift to our family every year is is accompanying us to uh, to 
Disney and, and we get a DVC villa and we do this. And I thought to pay them back, I would take them all on an Illuminations cruise. Um, there's good news and bad news about the Illuminations cruise. Um, the good news is that it's a fantastic experience. Uh, there are two ways you, well, there used to be two ways you can do it. Unfortunately, now there's only one way you can do it. Um, the way you do it now is they have these 23, 21, 23 foot pontoon boats, double pontoon boats uh, with the big flat decks. Um, they can take up to 10 people and you meet them over at the yacht club uh, basin uh, about half an hour to 45 minutes before illuminations. Um, you and your family get on this wonderful, you know, this, um, this pontoon boat. Uh, they drive you through the lagoon. They take you over to Epcot, and they park under the bridge that goes between France and England. And uh, from there, you have a, a wonderful view of illuminations. Um, and uh, you can sit there. Um, you can't, unfortunately, you can't bring a, a food with you. You can, you can order food. Or you can order just sodas and snacks uh, as part of the package um, to be taken with you, but you can't bring your own food. But um, you have a great, great um, view from under the bridge of Illuminations, and it is fabulous. Um, you know, there's nobody in front of you. Uh, there's a couple other, there'll be a couple other boats there um, that, uh, you know, other cruises. Um, but uh, they won't be blocking your view, and you have a beautiful view of illuminations, and, and it's it's cool on the water, and you're under the bridge, so um, you know it's 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 really quite a wonderful experience. That's the good news. Mm-hmm. And now for the bad news. That's now the bad news. The bad news is the price. Yeah. Um, last time I checked, it was uh, to rent one of these pontoon boats was three hundred twenty-five dollars for the cruise. And that is still correct. I just verified that. And uh, plus, they suggest that you give the, uh, the boat captain an additional tip of, you know, $25, $30, something right. like that. Right. Plus, if you want to order something more than snacks and sodas, um, you know, there's a charge for that. So it can get quite pricey. Now, one of these boats will hold 10 people, and the cost is, is not per person. The cost is for the boat. Right. So if you can get a bunch of friends, or even if you can get on like the Diz boards and hook up with some people there, um, you know, find out who's going to be in Disney World that day and split it. You know, ten people on one of those boats. Now you're down to thirty-five dollars a person. Right. That becomes a more reasonable price, but it is an expensive. Uh, it is an expensive jaunt. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's your anniversary. Maybe, maybe it's worth it for you. And and I would recommend, you know, if if, if you do have the money, if you're looking for something special to do, that's a great thing to do. Um, there is one other thing that I probably ought to mention that's on the bad news side, mm-hmm. and that is that if the wind is blowing from the barge toward the illuminations, toward the bridge there, um, you kind of get smoke in your face. Mm-hmm. Now, it didn't happen to us. The prevailing winds in that part of the world at that time, at most of the year, are from, uh, I think they're from the northwest. But anyway, right. yep, yep. They're, they're not, they're not um, you know, most of the time it's not a problem. But uh, every so often, you know, you can get a breeze from the barge, the, the fireworks go off, and the smoke will drift back in that direction. So that, that's just one of those things that happens. Um, 
told it's not terrible, but it can be annoying. But yeah. I would highly recommend it if it can fit in your budget. Um, uh, unfortunately, um, the Breathless 2, which was their 1930s replica wooden motorboat, which is what we got our illuminations crews on, is no longer, it's not currently available. Yeah, they say it's out of service due to unforeseen maintenance. And uh, I have yeah. Uh, apparently what had happened was one of the captains took it out at about 1230 in the day and was kind of running it around quickly and ran into the uh, dock. <laughs> uh. Um, so I, I assume he's been suspended from the, his uh, driving privileges. Um, but uh, that's uh, it caused some severe damage, and they don't know if they're going to put it back in service at all. This was last year that it actually happened, and they're thinking oh, about gosh. actually building a new boat and calling it the Breathless 3, potentially. Oh, gosh. So, that's a shame because... Yeah. That was that was what we did our uh, cruise on. You can take up to six people, um, and before you actually do the illuminations part, they'll um, they'll run the the boat um, in the lagoon there up toward um, Hollywood Studios for you um, as fast as you feel comfortable, and zip around and do a little touring. And it's and uh, you know it was cold when we went, but we got blankets and and uh, we parked under the under the bridge there and, and had a wonderful, wonderful time. And it's about the same price as the, uh, as the uh, pontoon boats, but unfortunately it's not available. Yeah, exactly. Um, to book it, you call um, uh, one, what is it? It's 407. WDW Play. Yep, that's it. You got it. <laughs> which, is, which is their recreation number. Um, they start booking 180 days out. And I'm told, um, although I didn't have any trouble booking, you know, I'm told that um, they do tend to fill up because, you know, there's only five, four or five of those pontoon boats or maybe six that are available. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so they can fill up, especially if you're in a popular time. Um, so if you do want to do it, you might want to do it right up front. You don't have to pay the entire fee up front. You, um, you do have to guarantee it with a credit card for the reservation. But um, you don't actually pay until you show up at the dock. Um, and, and uh, you know, you can walk to the dock from the back entrance of Epcot over to the Yacht Club. Um, the Yacht is, you know, about about 10-minute walk. And uh, it's right there at the Yacht Club. And you can also, you know, you can have dinner at the Yachtsman Steakhouse uh, back over at the Yacht Club or anywhere on the boardwalk, for that matter, and then walk over and then go do your cruise. So I loved it. Uh, but again, it is pricey. It's, it is a premium event for you know as a Disney visitor. So um, it depends on what you know you think is is appropriate. Yeah, and I and I did want to just point out to uh, to Gina. There's a couple of other options that you have available to you beyond the Illuminations cruise. There's a Wishes cruise they do uh, over toward the Magic right. Kingdom, um, and they do it on a pontoon boat as well. And you can either get an eight person pontoon boat or a 10 person pontoon boat and the price ranges from about 300 to about 350 dollars depending on how big you get the boat uh and there's also a uh, a uh, pirates and pals firework fireworks voyage that's not quite as intimate it's uh, actually for um for anybody you buy buy it by the person and they take you out and uh give you uh cookie snacks and beverages as you set sail on your magical voyage (laughs) where you have prime viewing of the uh wishes and electrical water pageant um Captain Hook and uh, Mr. Smee come and visit you along the way as well, so it's kind of a fun thing. If you have kids, it might be a little more fun. It's a little bit pricey at about $60 for adults and uh, 33 for children, so um, something to, you know, something you may want to think about as, as an option. 
And then finally, there's the, the grandest of grand options. It's the VIP cruise on the Grand One Yacht. And that's the right. uh, 45-foot Sea Ray yacht that uh, has a captain and a deckhand on it. And they will take you out uh, onto the, uh, into, the, uh, into the lagoon and uh, drive you around and serve you dinner and take really premium care of you. If you've got some money oh, and you yeah. want to do it, it's $520 for 60 minutes, $780 for 90 minutes, and 1040 for a two-hour cruise. Um, right. And, uh, but, you know, it could be spectacular if you really want that anniversary, very special, very memorable experience. That's probably the one you want. Um, in that regard, you know, where it's just something yeah. really, really memorable, but it really depends on your budget. So it does. Uh, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, the new, um, the new Mexican restaurant, the, um, uh, the cantina across from the Mexican pavilion. Um, if you can get dining reservations there around illuminations time, about half an hour to an hour before illuminations, um, they're right on the water. Um, it's air conditioned. You can sit inside, have a wonderful Mexican meal, and then watch illuminations from your dining table. That's another possibility, and that's a whole lot cheaper than spending money on the cruise. So, oh, definitely. Uh, and uh, you know, the other thing I, I always recommend to people, you know, regardless of you know whether you know what, what, how much money you want to spend, is always make sure you tell everybody it's your anniversary. Don't be afraid to do yep. that. Do it when you book your hotel. Do it when you uh, yep. when you go to uh, make dining reservations. Everything they will. Absolutely, bend over backwards to take care of you because it's your anniversary. It's uh, that's right. It's one thing cast members love to do. It's love to have fun when it's somebody's uh, special event, whether it's birthday or anniversary or whatever. So, make sure that you yeah. take advantage of that. I yeah, I wouldn't say that the that the Illuminations cruise on the pontoon boats is particularly romantic. I mean, it's fun, but you know, uh, if it's just the two of you on the pontoon boat, probably isn't going to feel all that romantic because. You know, they, if you have the money and you really want the romance, you go for the big yacht. Yep. So, uh, yeah. But again, uh, it's it's not something that um, you know it, it it is it is expensive and and it is something that that can cause you give you a little sticker shock if you're if you're going to do this. I yeah. mean, it's well worth doing if you have the money and you want to you want to have a good time. But uh, uh, it is one of the best ways to see illuminations. But but it ain't cheap. No, and that's uh, that's that seems to be the case when you want a special experience at Disney. It tends to tends to add up in price. But yes, it does. You know, it's kind of you know harkening back to the conversation about uh, about Universal. That's what makes Disney special. Absolutely, you, you can do things like this. So that's pretty neat. Well, that's all the questions we have for today. Um, so, Kurt, thanks for joining me and giving your insights into some of these questions and uh, you know, talking about some of the things that happened at Disney. Absolutely, it was my pleasure, Dave. And uh, and uh, I just want to I just want to pick a little nit with you because a couple of months ago on one of your podcasts, you in your Q and A sessions, you you told one of your callers that they should you would you would recommend they stay off property. And uh, and my recommendation to people is exactly the opposite <laughs> uh, that they that they actually stay on property because the uh, the extra amenities and uh, and the fact of the matter is that you know value resort um, can actually be um, very cheap. Um, even compared to, to some of the stuff out in Orlando, you know, you can get a value resort room for a night for, for eighty or ninety bucks um, uh, in the off season, and uh, and and all the Disney Disneyfication goes with that. Um, but again, the most important thing is, you know, think about your situation, and I'm sure you'll agree with me on this. What mm-hmm. your situation is, what you're trying to accomplish. You know, for me coming down from Boston. Um, I like the whole Disney experience from the minute I get off the plane to the minute I get back on the plane. Um, so for me, you know, staying at a resort, a Disney resort, fulfills a lot of that. And 
and, and I think, you know, the benefits outweigh that maybe, maybe the extra cost. Um, if you're local, um, like Dave is, um, you know, it, it may make more sense to stay off property. You don't need to be disnified the whole time you're there because um, you get to go more often. But um, but that was, I just wanted to, I just wanted to with that one in for you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And, and uh, I, accept, uh, I accept it openly. Um, it's, you know, you're absolutely right. I, I do have that uh, viewpoint of being someone who's local, who's uh, trying to maximize my Disney dollar in some way. Um, right. for a couple of short trips rather than a vacation. So I, some, I t- sometimes take the perspective of someone who's in that situation. So, yep. Um, yep, my apologies to anyone who was listening who also took offense to that. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it was, a, it was offensive. No, uh, no. It's just another viewpoint. And, and you know, the, the point being that there's a million ways to visit Disney and that you, you, know, you, take, you need to take, first and foremost, you take your own, situation, unique situation, and what you want to do into account when you're planning a Disney vacation. Um, and there's a million resources out there to help you plan them. And there's a million ways to stay, um, you know, Disney, um, on property and off property. Uh, you know, the vacation homes. There's a Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Orlando for, you know, uh, off property for, for high-end uh, accommodations. You know, if it's not just every dollar, you know, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but there's and, and then on property, there's a million ways that they can go from, um, you know, the, the all-star resorts, which are actually fairly nice, um, you know, inexpensive uh, hotels, and, mm-hmm. and uh, all the way up to um, you know, three-bedroom villas, uh, the treehouse villas over by Saratoga Springs, the villas, and and what looks like it's going to be maybe some new DBC properties over at the Grand Florida. Right, right. In the rumor mill. So yeah, that's the rumor. <laughs> just. Just wanted to throw my two cents out. No, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so that is my podcast for this week. And remember, if we can dream it, we can do it. Bye now. From all of us, thanks for taking a listen to the podcast today. If you're standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the show stops completely and the doors open. Ladies and gentlemen, please collect your personal belongings, watch your head and step, and take small children by the hand. As this concludes our journey, we hope that you enjoyed the show and that you drive home safely. Our thanks go to Doug at geekacres.net for his contributions to the show. And also to Craig for the original music you hear on the show. You can find Craig's music over at ReverbNation.com slash sound A. If you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the show, Please feel free to contact Dave at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Show notes and links to other great content on the web can be found at disneypodcast.net. Now, I will raise the safety bar, and a podcaster will follow you home. Ha 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 